Welcome to the journey with Mpo Podcast, a sacred space for healing, love, and rediscovering your life purpose. Introducing your host, Mpo. Okay. How was your day yesterday? What did you do? Yesterday? Yes. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> It seems so long ago. <laughs> We're testing the mic, so you could just give us like the short version of it. <laughs> I know what I always do in the morning is I always get up every day and do my meditations. So that's always the first thing that I do, you know, prayers, meditation. And then I often lie in bed thinking, should I go for a run <laughs> or should I have a cup of coffee? And I know if I have a cup of coffee first, chances are I'm not going out for a ride. <laughs> so I think yesterday I opted for, rather than that, I just went and did my, um, so I have this app, this training app where I do the seven minute exercises. Um, so that's what I did. So instead of mm-hmm. running, I did, you know, body weight training, which I love. Um, the rest of the day is a blur. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get started. Hello, Journey with Mpo, friends and family. Today's featured guest is Tola Beni, a South African female podcaster. Tola is the founder and host of the podcast show Phoenix Rising, Finding Your Life Calling with Tola Beni. This superwoman is also a life coach, motivational speaker, author, freelance blogger, and social media content creator. In this episode, Tala and I will be discussing her early childhood, gender-based violence with the focus on substance abuse, the importance of self-love, podcasting, and the South African COVID experience. Good morning, Tala. I know you're an early riser, but I also just wanted to thank you for waking up early to record this episode with us. Good morning. I am excited. I am here and, you know, it's all good. And thank you for the introduction. Um, It's always uh, when you listen to someone introducing you and you think, that's me? (laughs) Is she talking about me? I guess she is. <laughs> yeah, that's me all the time. I like the superwoman I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So as a life coach who focuses primarily on health, fitness, and travel, in your experience, what would you say are some of the challenges people have with breaking 
unhealthy patterns and behaviors? Oh, <laughs> it's being comfortable. It's, uh, it's mm. that whole comfortability factor. Um, if your life is comfortable, and I'm using inverted commas, as you perceive it to be, why would you change anything? You know what I mean? It's it's resistance mm. to change because you just, you've mm. gotten into this comfortable, I don't want to say rut, but it is in a way kind of a rut mm. that you need to mm. break through. Um, and so that's very difficult. Um, mm. First of all, to, 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 to recognize the fact that you need to change and then to take the steps out the door to go out there and run or join the gym or buy healthy food. It, it's a whole lot of steps mm. that are involved. So I, I think admitting that mm. you have hit a low point is usually the first step. And I say that because I also mm. talk about my journey to a healthy lifestyle and how I got to it. Mm. And I often say, for me, it was that moment when I realized that I had hit rock bottom in terms of, you know, my health, my looks, and and then mm. saying to myself, okay, this cannot carry on. <laughs> it can't be business as usual. Something's got to give, something needs to change. Mm. So definitely that, that's what I would say mm. is, is the biggest challenge. So, so there's the getting started on the journey to breaking those unhealthy habits, behaviors, and patterns. And then there's also staying on that path, right? Because sometimes do I go jogging or do I have that cup of coffee? Do I go jogging or do I have that cup of coffee? So how do you, what are some of the things that you do that keep you on that path? I have two um, that immediately come to mind. Number one is building a routine. Because once you get into the routine, it's like if you don't do the next thing that you're Mm -hmm. supposed to do in your daily routine, it throws you off. And, 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 you know, then, you know, something's missing. I didn't do my meditation. Whenever I don't do my meditation for whatever reason, maybe I was woken up early and I had to dash off some way and I didn't dedicate time to it. Then it's like, everything Mm. is just, something's off. So it's building that routine to know that this is what I do this. And, and, and I'm a big advocate for routine, but for me, it's mostly routine, at least in the morning half of your day because for me the rest of the day anything mm. goes and, and and I love that because that means I'm flexible enough to hey let's do this hey let me take a nap whatever but as long as I know that on a daily basis I've had my meditations mm. um, I, you know I've had my one hour run or gym session or whatever it is that comes after and then I do a bit of work most of my work is online if not all of my work actually so I dedicate time to that in the morning and I go and sit Mm. out in the balcony and I work solidly for two hours so it's that kind of a routine so if I don't go jogging I know that my routine has been thrown off and and it doesn't feel good and then Mm. the second thing is to try and imagine how you are going to feel afterwards. Because for me, those are the real rewards. I know that I'm going to feel so good (laughs) when I Mm. get back from training. 
and and it beats sitting here and you know stuffing my face with food because when I sit here and stuff my face with food I'm gonna <laughs> feel horrible and I don't want that <laughs> so I'd rather choose the feeling I get after you know when I come back from a run so yeah top of my mind those two things really mm. really get you you know mm. sticking to your routine making sure that you do your daily whatever 20 minutes 30 minutes an hour um, of, of you mm. know training yeah I think definitely following up on the theme of sticking to a routine for me having some sort of a routine for meditation, prayers, and yoga definitely does help me balance my mental health. You know, it's something that can easily slide without a routine because it's consistent building blocks that you have to invest in making sure that you are in this peaceful state of mind. But the day you don't do it, you notice, you're like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Now I'm too yes. angry. Now I'm self-sabotaging. Yeah, now I'm self-critical. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yep. Mm. Absolutely. And you know, they say when, whenever you embark on a new journey, whatever, uh, you know, let's say training regimen, they, they always say it takes 21 days to build a habit. So if you do it consistently mm. for 21 days, chances are that habit has kicked in and then it sticks. So now you are not going to mm. feel okay if you don't do it. Um, you, you know what I mean? So mm. for instance, your body also tells you with regards now to training, if you are a person who trains uh, on a regular basis or whether you go running or you do uh, body weight training, whatever it is, if you miss, for me personally, if I miss two days in a row for whatever reason, my body tells me that something's mm. off. You know, I, I don't feel okay until I go yeah. running or until I hit the gym. So, yeah, that that's what works for me. Mm. Yeah. So another journey that you have been on is the journey to understanding and executing self-love. What do you believe self-love is and why should it be a value that everyone and anyone should uphold (laughs) that's a huge one that's a big one (laughs) because I'm saying that because lord knows it took me forever to discover self-love and I'm talking about radical self-love so most people Mm. in my opinion go through life without having discovered self-love And uh, sometimes it takes life kicking you in the butt uh, to, to, you know, to discover that self-love. So this is what I have learned is Mm -hmm. that when you don't have self-love, you look for it in other people or in the wrong places. You you, you know, you go looking for it, someone to give Mm -hmm. it to you because you are not capable of giving it to yourself. So often you look in in wrong places or you look to the wrong people. And then when they don't give it to you the way you Mm. want to be loved or the way you expect or the way you have painted self-love to be, then it's painful. It's really painful. It breaks your heart. 
and and it will keep happening until you learn mm. the lesson if, you know one day you will wake up and say bugger this I'm gonna love myself so much <laughs> so, mm. like I am going to fill my cup so much yeah. so that I don't need you to fill my cup you know mm. what I'm saying because my cup will be overflowing um if yeah. if you import decide to love me over and above how I love myself it's good it's okay it's welcome but I don't need you to feel good about myself to feel good in my skin and and so mm-hmm. self-love means choosing yourself over and over again giving yourself a thousand and one chances like just one thing I always say I love about myself is that I forgive myself more than probably everybody (laughs) around me. Mm. So like if I mess up, I say Mm. to myself, oh, wow, girl, you messed up. But you know what? (laughs) It's not the end of the world. Mm. Let's keep going. Let's let's try this again. (laughs) And also, I want to emphasize that self-love is not egotistical. It's not. You know, when 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 you are talking about mm. self-love and I love myself and all of that, people think you you being, you know, egotistical and you're not. There is a difference. Self-love means accepting yourself, mm. all your flaws. It's a process, important. It's 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 not easy. If we are still mm. airbrushing our photos when mm. we put them on Facebook, it means we haven't really quite accepted mm. ourselves, flaws and all. And and I don't care, people may disagree with me, mm. but if you still cannot put a photo of yourself without mm. airbrushing it or doing whatever, it, it means you are not happy with who you are and mm. you are not ready to give that to the world to say this this is me flaws and mm. all you, you know what I mean and and that's why I'm saying it's a process mm. because it's not I'm not saying that mm. I I am there 100 percent I am but I can say I am maybe three quarters of the way there or five six <laughs> of the way um, there are still days when I'm like mm. hmm mm. do I do I really (laughs) want to share that and then there are times when I'm like Mm. you know what I love myself I do (laughs) so if you don't I mean you know it's not your job anyway to love me Mm. so that that's my take I think you raise such a good point when you say self-love it has not much to do about being self-centered I think in the new age or the modern age we talk about self-love as this beautiful and amazing thing but it's it's brutal to a sense because it takes you seeing you for who you are for what you've done you know I just said to my husband I'm sick and tired of seeing myself as more in the past and more in the present. Those people right. are the same person. There's no two people. Mm-hmm. There's no more in the past than more now. 
I was that yes. person and that person led to the person I am now. And realizing that right. accepting some of the mistakes and the flaws and the wrong decisions that we made at that time to come here is, it can be brutal. It can break you <laughs> if anything, you know, and it's always beginning again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why mm-hmm. I'm saying it's, it's for mm-hmm. giving yourself first you know, and, and saying, so I did those things. Wow. Mm. You know, but I didn't know better then. Mm. Now I know better. So, you know, I forgive myself. I'm going to do better. I'm always going to, to, to do my best going forward. Mm. Um, and, and so it's a lifelong journey as far as I'm concerned. Um, mm. and, and there are people who will try and use your past mm. To, to get to you, like, or, or to diminish you or to make you feel bad about yourself. Oh, do you remember when we were in, in school, you used to do this and this? <laughs> and, and, and thinking that that's going to make you feel ashamed or, mm. you know, feel bad about yourself. Okay, so I did those things, but now I'm not mm. that person anymore. And, and not to say uh, I'm not is when you were trying to explain the person before and the person now, but to say, I am now making better decisions. I have grown from those experiences and, and, and learning to understand also that everything happens for a reason, everything, the good and the bad. And, and it's all to shape you into the person that you are now. Mm. So maybe you had a drug problem when you were 18, but there, there was a reason for it. I, I truly believe there, there was a reason mm. for it. And let me use Ulunga, right, who was my guest. And Ulunga was talking about his struggle with substance abuse and all of that. But look at what he's doing now. Look at, I mean, would he be such an advocate for substance abuse and gender-based violence had he not experienced those things? So that's why I'm saying that everything happens for a reason. We, we should not be ashamed of the experiences we've had or the, the, the choices we made in the past. We, we did what we could then with what we had. That, that's, that's my take. <laughs> hmm. So good. I'm not even going to add to that. <laughs> that is so good. <laughs> Okay, so speaking of your episode with Lunga, let's let's talk a little bit about your podcast. Um, You started podcasting in October of 2020. Talk me through the process that led you to start a podcast and then discovering the purpose of your podcast show. What was that? Right. Um, So this is the way I went about it. I was in lockdown, like the rest of the world, we were all in lockdown. And I was thinking, what do I do with myself? You know? Mm. Um, And for me, where I started was by discovering Mm. the writer in me, the fact that I love writing, putting my thoughts onto paper. Well, I'm using paper, not in the literal Mm -hmm. sense, but (laughs) you know, typing on the keyboard and, As an and pouring out <laughs> exactly my, my, my thoughts. Um, so writing about my experiences and I've always loved writing about my experiences. Years ago, I used to travel a lot for work and 
I would go to interesting places like Uganda, where the culture is totally different. And, and I would write about it on Facebook, you know, what I experienced, um, the traffic in Uganda, the funny things I've seen people riding with a goat on a motorbike. Um, and people would love my stories and they would laugh and say, you're such a good storyteller. And I didn't know this. I thought I was just, you know, saying, hey, guys, you won't believe what I saw, you know, but then I would explain and people would love that. Um, but I didn't know that I had a love for, mm-hmm. you know, writing about those things or, or any of my experiences. So then when we were in lockdown, I started writing about my experiences of mm-hmm. lockdown. Um, this is what happened to me. And I, I remember I had a situation where I ran out of gas for, you know, my stove for cooking. And I was driving around Cape Town looking for a place that was open so I can, you know, get some gas refill. Um, and... Uh, then that's when it, I discovered that, oh, I actually love writing about these things, you know. So then why not write about the things that really light up my soul, things that I love. I love, um, you know, working out so I can share some of my workout mm-hmm. routines uh, while we are under lockdown. And, uh, you know, I had even invited some friends to do some working out over Zoom and things like that. And my friends are like, you're really good with the stuff, you know. So slowly I'm discovering those things. So then that led to me creating my website, um, my so my blog. So I started blogging about those things. And then while we're under lockdown, we are not allowed to travel. Let me blog about my travel experiences, you know, because I have so much travel experience. I've gone to so many places and I've got all these pictures that are sitting on my laptop you know so then you know i create a post about a day in paris or a day in whatever you know so then i started thinking let me talk to other people about the experiences uh, of living under lockdown and then i identified people in different um, career fields you know i interviewed a doctor, interviewed a company CEO, interviewed mm-hmm. an R&B musician. Like, how is living under lockdown affecting you personally and in terms of your career? So what I used to do then in Paul was to send people a list of questions, like mm-hmm. a questionnaire, and say, would you mind filling this up out for me? And then they will send me back the answers, mm-hmm. and then I will write a blog post. But... Then I started thinking, no, man, the conversation would mm. flow so much better if it was, you know, in an in, in interview and exchange, you know, whether audio or video, where I ask the question, yeah. you respond, and then I probe a bit more, mm-hmm. whatever. It would flow so much better than if I just send you a questionnaire and you fill it mm-hmm. up. Because sometimes when you return the questionnaire, then mm-hmm. I wish I had probed a bit more on this. You know what I mean? And in fact, one of my guests even mm-hmm. commented on that, that, you know, if we had done this maybe all over audio, it would have mm-hmm. uh, been so much better. That's when the idea of a podcast was planted in my head. And as the universe would have it, I am a Mm. regular meditator, right? And I have this app that I use for meditation. And one day I'm on the app and then what do you know? I discover there's a podcast section on the app. And so I go into that and one of the first few episodes, they are talking about how to launch your own podcast. Mm. (laughs) So I'm like, oh my word, it's it's the universe. It's telling me that, you know, sending Mm. me signs 
and synchronicities. This is the way mm. I should be going. Why not start my own podcast? Mm. Because all the signs are pointing mm. to it. So then that's how the idea was born. But then in terms of what my podcast would be about, to answer your, your last mm. question, I guess for me, because I had been on this journey of self-discovery, I had lost my job, mm. you know, when I was retrenched and I was still trying to figure out my next move. What do I love? What are the things I'm passionate about? Um, what can I talk about all day without feeling bored? Mm. <laughs> I mean, that's how you, you know, you identify your passions. Yeah. And then uh, I was like, okay, now that I've discovered my love for writing, you know, blogging and, you know, podcasting and all of it why not find other people to talk about how they have discovered their life calling? Mm. So that's how the idea was born. Mm. Um, tell us how you became a podcaster. Were you, I mean, always thinking that way when mm. you were six years old, did you know you were going to be a musician? Mm. What was that like for you? And how did you get to it? Or maybe you didn't. You discovered it by chance like I did when I lost my mm. nine to five. And then that's when I discovered this. So just to share on that. So all my guests really, when they come on the show, they come to tell us about how they've discovered what they call their life mm. calling or their passions. And what was the journey like? Because the aim is for me to help others who are still trying to figure out this thing called life. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that that's what it is about. And I think that, you know, I've listened to a couple of episodes from your podcast show, most recently being the episode with Ulunga. And I agree with yeah. you, you have to find something that interests you to keep going and podcasting. Otherwise, you know, 10 episodes in your podcast is like, I sing Pelele to a peak munch, exactly. <laughs> you know? So <laughs> it does happen. Um, so let me slight focus on the Lunga episode, gender-based violence. Yeah. Is that something that you are passionate about? You know, Lunga talks about being an activist, taking militant yeah. action for something that you're passionate about. Would yeah. you say you're an activist? Absolutely. Without a doubt, uh, for me, <laughs> it's anything to do with women and anything to do with children. Mm. It literally brings mm. me to tears. Every time mm. I read about another woman who had to go through it, anything that touches on the lives of children and, you, you know, and I have this weird thing where I personalize things. I actually literally put myself in the shoes of that person. Let me make an example. Mm. When I, oh God, I hope I don't get triggered. When I, um, the, the, the girl that was killed by the guy at the post office, um, what's her name now? Mm. My, my, you know, that was in Cape Town, mental. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, not so long mm. ago, but two years ago, or just under two years. Um, when mm. that happened, I'm, so um, I'm going to remember her name just now. When that happened, I lived on that street where the post office was, where the post office is. That was my street. My kids used to go to that very same post office. My kids are exactly her age. They are it, 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 you see what I mean? They used to go to that post office because my kids mm. loved 
to um, order things from overseas and then they will get these parcels where they have to go and collect their parcels. Mm. When this happened, mm. I became her mother. I was like, that is my child. Mm. That could happen, could have happened to my child. You know, it, mm. it so anything, any woman, and I'm using her because that's the most recent one, but any woman who gets beat up or mm. who goes missing or any child who's found in the dustbin dead, it becomes my mm. child, you know? So I'm very, very passionate mm. about those things. And, and, and sometimes, so let me make another example. There's, um, you know, these jokes that get passed um, around on WhatsApp chats and all of that. There's one very recent one where there's a girl who's dating um, a guy who's, uh, what do they call it? You know, those guys who carry guns and they like known for being violent and whatnot. Not a mobs, I can't remember what they called it. Okay, yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know if you saw that uh, video. And And so what happens is the guy calls her because he's been, trying to call her and she wasn't picking up her phone and so she's got now missed calls I don't know how many missed calls and so he's like where are you where are you and she says I'm so sorry I'm at home da, 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 da. meanwhile he's outside her door and you see her putting on her he's I mean you see him putting on his balaclava getting ready cocking his gun and and then she screams um to her family to lock the door because she knows he's coming for her I mean, the way it's done is like one of mm. those TikToks. It's it's funny. People laugh, you know, when you're dating a mobster or whatever. Mm. Uh, but but the thing for me is it's gender violence. It's gender-based. It's built on gender-based violence. And, you know, someone called me a party pooper when I said, okay, yeah, mm. I get the fact that people are making these skits to be funny and, you know, we are all entertaining each other, TikTok, whatnot memes mm. but i can't help but think this whole thing is built on a very serious issue of gender-based violence mm. so <laughs> that's uh, that's just me yeah and where i stand with regards to gender-based violence and i think you and i share the same sentiments in the sense that there is a culture to it, you know, whether we refer to the rape of women as a rape culture or the abuse of women as a culture, you know, people sit around in a circle and laugh at things like that, but people also sit around in a circle and cry about things like that when they end in someone dying or someone's child being killed. Yeah. And I think it's important, like you say, for us to draw the line and to recognize where funny is funny only because it's reality. And at any given point in time, it could be one of us's reality, you know? Yes. Um, I, going through them. I, I, yeah, I, I cannot imagine, you know, when I think of you, I think of my mother because you guys are very close in age and like yourself, mm -hmm. you know, my mom's a mother of two daughters and yeah. the conversations that I've always had with my mom when there's an increasing rate of femicide and gender-based violence in South Africa. It's always like, 
who do you go to? Who do you talk to? What are you allowed to do? What are you not allowed to do? What time are you supposed to come home? What don't you, you know, there's always those conversations. And I imagine it's the same for you and your daughters. Like you want to know where they are, not because you don't trust them, but because you want to still be able to protect them. Yeah, absolutely. And, mm-hmm. and, and there was a time when my daughter was so terrified of getting in an Uber to go anywhere because she, she, she was just like, I do not trust these men. Um, mm. she, she was terrified. So, I mean, that impacts your everyday life. And there will be times when she needs to go to town for a job that she's doing or whatever. So then she would ask me to go drop her off at the bus station. She, she, she takes a bus. And then when she gets to town, she has to call me and say, I'm here, I'm safe, you know. And and the same when she's coming back, mm-hmm. get in the bus, then I have to be at the bus stop waiting to pick her up. E- even if it messes up my day or whatever, you know, it impacts your life because now I have to go pick up my daughter there, I have to do mm-hmm. this. And not because, not because I don't want to do my parental responsibilities, but because this is something we should not be worrying about. You know, I should not be worried about my daughter getting mm. off the bus and walking something that's less than a kilometer to the house. But now, mm. because we are living through these times, now this is something that has to impact all of mm. us. Um, and, and yes, as a mother of mm. two, I am terrified, you know, Every day mm. I have to ask her. Now I'm in Durban and she's in Cape Town, the youngest. And if a day or two goes past, mm. and yes, I have to give her her space as well. But two days go go past and I'm like, Lulu, are you okay? <laughs> you know, because you're quiet and it's mm. kind of bugging me that you're quiet. <laughs> and she'll be like, no, mom, I'm fine. I'm just busy. <laughs> Like, I don't want to be a mother hen, but I want to know. <laughs> the last day I spoke with her was on Valentine's Day. And, and she was, uh, she she sent me a picture of her, you know, the roses and whatnot, the bouquet that she received for Valentine. And then Monday, Tuesday, she's quiet and I'm freaking out. <laughs> I mean, what kind of a life is that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the reality of of now of living in South Africa, at the least. Yeah. And, you know, I think oftentimes when I have conversations like this, I I feel bad because it almost sounds like I'm bad mouthing South Africa. You know, there are so many good things about South Africa to enjoy the cultures, the sense of humor, our ability to move past presidents stealing money over corruption with us you know we just laugh it over and we keep going and so there are so many beautiful things but I also think that over and above those beautiful things we need to focus on these things because I recall the president Usiriel Ramaphosa's speech regarding opening South Africa back up after locking it down for so long and one of his reasons was the rates for gender-based violence and femicide has been increasing because people are locked up with their abusers can you imagine and so the world has different pandemic issues 
right? But South Africa has very specific, yeah, over and above a pandemic killing people. People are killing each other inside their houses. In their, in their houses. Like, where else? If you cannot be safe in your home, where else are you supposed to feel safe? Um, and, and it's this whole oh culture of entitlement. And, and South African men can shoot me down and do whatever. I don't mean literally. <laughs> I mean, they can come for me. But South African <laughs> men are so entitled. They, uh, they are so entitled. Mm. Like, you own a woman. Like, what is that? Like, what is that again? Where does this come from? Mm. Um, it, mm. it's, it's, it blows my mind. It, it's crazy. Um, and people are not safe in their homes. Um, I grew up, you mm. know, with my dad being, you know, I, I told you in an earlier conversation I had with you that my mom and my dad used to fight. Uh, you know, I would lock myself in, in, in the bedroom with my mm. sister and, and listen to the screams, you know, my mom and and my dad screaming at each other, throwing things. And that's the culture that you, you grow up in. You know what I mean? So for for others, it's mm. it's all they know. They, this is, you know, you grow up in that uh, environment, in that household. It's all you know. So, so then... Mm maybe you equate that to love, right? And and you think this is how people display love. If if you hit me, it means you really truly care mm. for me. Uh, because if you don't, it means you don't mm. care. So that's the interpretation of what love is supposed to look mm. like. And and so they attract similar partners. Mm. And and you know, the the whole thing is mm. just passed down from one generation to the next. And and no one is seeing that this is wrong. Mm. <laughs> this needs to be challenged. And, hmm. you know, mm. and, and, and when I laugh, I, I'm not laughing because this is funny. It's, it's my way of saying, I don't get it. Mm. it, it, it it's really messing up with my mind yeah. right now. Um, so, mm. yeah, so people don't question yeah. it. It's like, this is, this is normal until someone dies. Mm. Mm. you know, and then it ends in tears, as they say. I was just about to say, <laughs> it will end in tears. It will end in tears. <sighs> and it's just another one, another statistic. Mm. So you raise such a good point, you know, when you say, you see it in the home and then you go out and you unconsciously try and replicate those kind of relationships in your own life. I think in that conversation that you and I had when we were preparing for this episode, it was the childhood traumas that can take you forever to heal from and to recognize yeah. that this is not how life is supposed to be. This is not how love is supposed to feel like. And even when you are finally in that mm -hmm. good place, experiencing that good love, that traumatized side of you is still coiling up and fearing for its life. Yes. Yes. Because, 
I mean, the childhood traumas, uh, they usually go undetected, if that's the right mm. word, or undiagnosed. Mm. So often we don't know why we are the way we are. Mm. We don't know why we are anxious people because mm. we were anxious kids. Mm. We always had to run and hide, <laughs> mm. you know. Um, we, we don't know why we are impatient, but it's because something happened in our childhood where... Mm things were not done in time and then we had to learn to do them for ourselves. We, we had to grow up quickly, too quickly. Mm. <laughs> and, and so we become very impatient adults. We don't understand why it takes mm. other people so long to make a decision. And, and, and I was one of those people who I'm still working on my impatience and I always laugh and say, God is working with me he's still <laughs> teaching me lessons about being patient mm. and my sister uh said to, to me one day we were talking about this and she said I'm exactly like you we are impatient and I said but where does mm. it come from and she said but it's because remember Uma Uma used to be so laid back about stuff like Uma the mm. year would begin and you wouldn't have secured a school to go to and Omar was just so laid back about it <laughs> and you didn't know which school you were going to and you'd be like but I need a school and, you know and so then you would end up taking it upon yourself to secure a school for yourself you, you see what I mean now you're learning to grow up too quickly too soon because the parent is just so you know <laughs> like, like so relaxed about it and so my sister mm. pointed it out to me and she said, remember, Uma was like that. And, and so we learned very early on in life that if something is going to get done, I'm going to just have to get up and do it myself. <laughs> so now, mm. because you are that kind of a person, you expect everyone around you to figure things out quickly. Why do you take so long to make a decision mm. about stuff? <laughs> mm. so, so even in relationships... Yeah, even in relationships, you can't stand a person who takes too long because when you are already 10 steps ahead, um, you've already figured out mm. this is how it's supposed to happen. And they are still mm. thinking about it. But, you know, I'm using that as just one example of childhood traumas. Um, mm. Yeah, or whether it's trust issues, like I said, or whether it's this ongoing anxiety where you, you don't understand where it comes from. It's because of mm. the environment you grew up in and you may not necessarily connect the dots. Yeah. So, and yeah. sometimes it takes professional help to connect the dots, you know, it's because it's unconscious, yes. it's unconscious behaviors that we do. And so you don't see it. Someone has to yeah. look at you from the outside and go, huh, why do you do it like that? <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so um, a few years ago, um, I started seeing a therapist and I went to see a therapist because 
I had reached a point in my life where I knew that I wanted to file for divorce, but I needed to talk to someone who's not a friend because friends are mm. going to take sides. You know what I mean? <laughs> they, 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 either they take your side or they try and do their best to say, no, 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 don't leave him. You can still work on this, whatever. So I had, I had already made up my mind that I, 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 I wanted out. So I needed to talk to someone who's not going to take sides, who's just going to listen to me and help me think uh, through the process and mm -hmm. one of the themes that came out during my uh, days with her because I did like 10 or 11 sessions with her one of the recurring theme was how much of a people pleaser I am which I didn't you know see about myself until then so you know what you were saying sometimes it takes an outsider to point it out and and yeah. and so she said to me, where does it come from? And I was like, I don't know where it comes from. But as we were going through our sessions, I then realized that it probably mainly comes from being raised by my grandma, who was <laughs> all about, you have to be a good person, Tola. Be mm -hmm. a good person. Like to her, you could be, anything but if you are not a good person like by good person means a nice person a kind person mm. put others before you you know that whole thing mm. that whole saying of others first and self last like there was drummed mm. into me as a child others first mm. self last but what it means mm. is you end up in life in like in reality it doesn't serve us especially in mm. these times that we are living in because it means you always put yourself last it doesn't matter about my feelings as long as everyone else in the room is okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? So so then your decisions are based on that. That, oh, no, no, no. You put yourself last as in you become a second-class citizen, you know, in your own world. And, and everybody else comes first. So if it means staying in an unhappy marriage, you're going to stay in an unhappy marriage because that's putting others first. Who cares about your feelings? you know mm. um so yes absolutely i agree with you it takes sometimes it takes someone who's external to say have you noticed this about yourself you keep saying this you know where does it come from <laughs> mm. yeah i do think not just you know your grandmother's generation and maybe my mother's generation and my generation we were raised to have Ubuntu, you know, and it's an appealing characteristic yes. to have, to want to care for the community, care for your friends, care for your family. You know, my generation now so strongly speaks or distastefully speaks about black tax. You know, we don't want to hear it. We're like, no, I'm not going to take yes. care of Ubanbani and Ubanbani who keeps having Abantuan and Ubanbani, yes. you know. And so yes. it, it, is, it circles back to that point of self-love you know, self-love will teach you to put people, yeah. to put you first, but then recognize that yes. not everyone will be happy when you come first. You know? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no one wants that. <laughs> That's selfish. <laughs> Inverted commas. That is selfish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yes it comes from spirit of ubuntu mm. you are right 
uh, that's exactly what it is. Others first and self last. Mm. Um, and so when you say, no, 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 I choose myself. Now, now I'm putting myself first. Then you are upsetting the whole apple cart. Mm-hmm. Because why are you being different? <laughs> you are mm-hmm. so selfish. <laughs> she, you know, she only thinks about herself. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, people don't like it when you put yourself first because it means mm-hmm. you are saying, you know what, um, I will consider what you, you know, your needs, but let me make sure. And, and, and I do speak about this as well. I think in one of my podcast episodes is that it, how important it is to, make sure that your cup is filled before you fill other people's Mm. cups because how are you filling other people's cups if yours is empty Hmm. and and so that's self-love yeah so good so we're coming up on the top of the hour and i don't want to go without asking this so i'm going to squeeze it in covid happened South Africa has a new COVID variant. You attended your first online funeral. Like what? It's crazy. It it is. It's crazy. And uh, wow, you know, COVID. I believe again. I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. Everything happens for a reason. Mm. A part of me thinks there's a reason for this. There is mm. a reason for this. And and I had lunch with my friends over the weekend. Okay, yes, let me make an example. And we were talking about this whole thing of having to put your mask on and how annoying it is that you have to put your mask on all the time, you know. And uh, and we were saying, you know, people who, one, one industry that I'm sure has been affected a lot by this COVID situation is the makeup industry. Because Mm. now you ask yourself, why should I put makeup on my face if I'm going to put a mask on, you know, Mm. and it messes the mask and the mask looks horrible and, 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 and and in any case, we're saying, you know what, what the lesson is though that COVID has come to teach us is that so many of these things that we thought matter don't matter. (laughs) They really, it has just made so many things not matter. <laughs> mm. Like, who cares about makeup? <laughs> who cares about buying lipstick? Because you know what I mean? So yes, it has affected the industry, but it has taught us that we really do not need these things, you know? Mm. And and so we were laughing at that and all these lessons that we are learning from mm. COVID. And, and then I was saying, but one lesson that I have learned, and, and I'm one person who's very happy and comfortable to spend time alone. You know, when my kids are with their dad, I'm usually alone in the house. So I've become very comfortable with myself and spending time alone. But mm. when you have to spend time alone, especially those people who are not, you know, coupled up or whatever, and you have to spend 30 days in your house by yourself, it messes up your head. <laughs> you know um and so we were saying so then therefore the lesson is one of the most powerful lessons we've learned from this is that we need each other we need even if it's in small doses you know mm. we still need hey Paul, how is it going you know how how are you managing and and all of that um and sometimes you know 
with with the lockdown rules, depending whether restaurants, coffee shops are open or not, let's grab a quick coffee. But, you know, just so that you can see another in human being. And, and even if you still 30 minutes with that human being and not be talking to yourself and talking to your four walls, but just to, mm. you know, so it has kind of made us realize that we need each other. Um, we need each mm. other for our mental health, but we also need each other for survival because, hey, mm. I still need the shopkeeper. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, I, I still need the, the, the plumber. I still need the electrician mm. when, 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 you know, my geezer acts up or, or whatever the case is. So for me, those are the huge lessons that I'm drawing out of this lockdown yeah. situation. But yes, mm. lifestyle changes, as you are saying, funerals, you know, so, so, so again, I'm going to cycle back and say, therefore it has made us question a whole lot of things because do we need these huge gatherings? So now we've learned you can have a whole funeral online <laughs> we've learned people who are church goers, you know, your avid church goers who want to go to church every Sunday and bond with fellow Christians and whatnot. Do you really need that? I mean, it's made us question that. So you can worship online, right? <laughs> so like right now I'm thinking I really need to buy Amazon shares because online shopping is booming. <laughs> They're so expensive. I looked at them. They're so expensive. Even in dollars, they're still expensive. Yes. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. <laughs> but I'm working on it. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know if that answered your question. But yeah, I, I mean, I was just trying to share on, you know, the lessons. For me, it's mostly about mm -hmm. what lessons have I learned from living under mm -hmm. lockdown, you know. The question I'm asking myself right now is going forward, if we woke up tomorrow and we were told there's no more COVID, right? People mm. are vaccinating now. Everything is happening. Things are moving mm. fast. So if we woke up tomorrow and we were told COVID is no longer a, a thing, mm. do you think we will go back to how life was pre-COVID? Because I personally think I'm still going to be sanitizing myself to death. <laughs> you know, I'm still going to be, some of the behaviors that I've learned, I'm still going to be a bit anxious about shaking someone's hand. Um, I'm, I'm still going to be a bit unsure about being in a large gathering. So I, I kind mm. of feel like it has come to change the way we move going forward. Mm. I feel the same way too, in the sense that for me personally, though, I've always been a germaphobe. I've always not trusted that everybody washes their hands after they use the restroom or that everybody gets home and washes their hands. I've always, I'm, I'm kind of one of those people who would be on a TV show about extreme cleanliness. I like scrub the toilet, scrub the sink, get the grime out. I've always yes. been that person. And so COVID's made me even worse. You know, my when it first started, my hands yeah. were dry. I was over sanitizing and I didn't want to touch anybody. Till this day, I'm like, uh, don't, we can elbow, but yeah. don't touch me. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, so I can imagine for people like yourself, it's, it's even 10 times worse. 
but for even for a normal man on the streets, mm. it's it's definitely changing the way we relate to each mm. other. So yes, we are second guessing those hugs. Mm. You know, we are second guessing everything. We we are over sanitizing. We uh, I don't know about the mask situation. Whether mm. we will keep putting our masks on, but maybe. Maybe the lesson will be, even if we no longer need our masks, we might just learn we don't need makeup. <laughs> Natural is the way to go. <laughs> There's a lot of things we don't need, you know? you know. We probably don't need to go to church every Sunday physically. We probably don't need to have big funerals and slaughter cows and sheeps and feed abo ban ban, no ban ban. We can have small right. weddings. You know, there's so many lessons, like you said, that we've right. learned. Yeah. Yeah. Which which hopefully we are going to apply going forward. Mm-hmm. So so that's why I'm saying in closing this question, <laughs> that's why I'm saying to you, um, as bad as it is with the COVID situation, I think there's a big reason behind it. There were mm-hmm. tough lessons that had to be learned. They were it's it's ushering a new way of life, uh, of how we move going forward. And yeah. for me, that's a win. I, I, you know, I choose to look at the positive of everything. I, I'm, I define myself as Miss Positive. So for everything, there's a lesson, there's a reason. And, and I embrace the lessons. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So before we close up, you've shared so many good things, but I always have to ask, like, this is my new thing. What is your message to the world, to the podcast listeners and anyone who hears us? What is the message from your heart? (laughs) The message from my heart is always choose you. Hmm. And by that... I do not mean be selfish. Um, I mean, take care of number one first. Put on your mask before you put the mask on the passenger next to you. And always operate from your highest self. And again, I know we all falter. We, you know, it's it's a it's a lifelong thing. We learn lessons, but I am learning to always ask myself. And I shared this again in the last episode of my podcast. I'm learning to ask myself before I make whatever decision. Am I operating from the highest version of myself? And you know, what would my higher self do in this case? And, and for me, that's what I would love for everyone to embrace is, is to always ask yourself, what would the highest version of myself do? That's so good. It's all about up-leveling. You put self-love, you put up-leveling, being the best version of yourself and recognizing the higher right. self. Oh my goodness, that feels so good. <laughs> Right. Thank you so much <laughs> for spending time with us. What I appreciate most about you, Tala, is your honesty, 
openness and willing mm. willingness to be your authentic self you know whenever we've conversated had discussions you've always just been you and it's so so mm. so so refreshing so thank you for spending your morning your very thank very you. early morning with us <laughs> Thank you. I, I want to thank you for the opportunity as well and, you know, for uh, finding me worthy <laughs> to spend time with. And uh, for me, that's that, that's a big deal. And, and, you know, for the work that you are doing, Paul, you know, um, you are so much younger than me, but I'm learning from you. You know, I, I, I was saying to my other guests as well, every person that I meet and every person who comes onto my podcast as well, I always leave the the, the, the chat as a, some, somehow as a better person than I came into the chat, if that makes sense, because I'm learning so much from the interactions that we are having. And it doesn't matter who's older, who's younger, whatever. I'm just, I feel like I'm learning every day I'm growing and this is a lifelong process and so I want to thank you for the work that you are doing you know for putting a spotlight in South Africa as well and like we said it's not all um, roses and rainbows but uh, we will get there <laughs> we will you know as a country we are a work in progress mm. yeah so thank you so much thank you for your kind words I really appreciate you We definitely wish you continued success on your podcasting adventures and your many, many career adventures. We know that you'll do well. And as a show, we are always here to support you, to share your work and to embrace you. Thank you so much. Same, same here. And I uh, appreciate you, you know, working with me as well, building each other up. And I look forward to hosting you again on my podcast. Thanks, Mpo. Okay, Journey with Mpo family. That wraps up our time with the amazing Tola Benny. If you would like to connect or collaborate with Tola, her contact information is in the episode notes. And if you are interested in purchasing her book, 50 and Fabulous at 50, you can find the link in the infamous episode notes. As always, I love you guys so very much. Until then, makulokwe kyotaba ribuile. Aloha. <laughs>